But a lot of people, they throw away the Bible. They say, you know what? The Bible doesn't say enough about social justice. And I'll be honest with you, you wouldn't be the first one to have that critique. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Heke, episode 134. I feel like I haven't been behind this mic in a minute. You know what I'm saying? I mean, last week I did an archived episode. Um, I only talked briefly and stuff like that. But here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, feels good to be back, you know what I'm saying, in the hot room and just, you know, talking. Uh, this is very... I miss this. I don't know. It's only been two weeks, but I miss it. Because, you know, the week before that, I was in my church recording an episode. So I haven't had, like, a normal recorded episode in my room in two weeks. And it just feels... I feel so off, but... Here we are. We're back again. I hope you guys have had an amazing week. I hope you guys had an amazing um, day thus far as you're watching this. I will say this. Um, was it last Saturday? Not this past Saturday, but Saturday before that, we had the Unassociated Poetry Jam. I told you guys last week. I had a lot to talk about, you know, or I had a lot to digest, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to the Poetry Jam, but I'm ready to talk about it today. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about the Poetry Jam um because I, I have a lesson today and i want to get to it and it's kind of a lot i think um but i just want to say this the unassociated poetry jam was an answered testimony i'm sorry it was an answered prayer and this is my testimony <laughs> let's start all over the unassociated poetry jam was an answered prayer and i'm going to share my testimony um when i first coming into the new year like i like told you guys i write things down I write down what I want God to do for me that year, and I present my prayer petition and thanksgiving to him before the year starts. Um, and the thing that I wrote down, one of the things that I wrote down was that the Unassociated Poetry Jam, that it be an amazing and unprecedented Unassociated Poetry Jam. That was the word that I used. That was bar for bar, amazing and unprecedented. I wrote this in December. So come to January 29th, we have that Poetry Jam it is amazing and it is unprecedented. God answered that um, that prayer word for word, bar for bar, specifically. It was amazing because obviously, if you've seen it, you know, and you can watch it, www.unassociated.com slash TUPJ4. And if you were there especially, you know that you felt the power of God in that room and it was amazing. God used us to do what he wanted to do and we're so privileged and blessed to have been a part of that because it was honestly amazing the praise and worship it was amazing the performers were absolutely fantastic man and you know just having my team there as well it was an amazing day it was an amazing weekend but it was an amazing poetry jam and man when i tell you when i talk about when we talk about how the power of god filled that place it is definitely probably my favorite one that has happened thus far 100% I can say that without even trying to gas it um, and it was unprecedented as well and mind you I said I wanted it to be unprecedented I don't know why that word came out but I said unprecedented and it was indeed unprecedented because for the first time ever it's our fourth one first time ever we were able to live stream to our community our national community our global community and if you're one of those people that have tuned in I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart it was amazing it was unprecedented it was exactly what I asked for and I'm so 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 thankful to God for it 
Um, and I'm so it's it's moments like that when I get to see half of my teammates in person for the first time ever. It's moments like that when I see the power of God in our midst. It's moments like that where I feel like, man, God truly has something in store for this ministry. He wants to do amazing things in the lives of many people. And we are privileged to be the ministry that he's using for that. And I give him all the glory, honor and praise. It's not by our power. It's not by our might. It's not because we're more righteous than anybody else. But God chose a group of sinners to make some type of impact. And I'm so thankful to be in this seat. I'm so thankful to be behind this mic. I'm so thankful to be a part of this now nonprofit, this ministry, this brand. And I am so excited for what happens next. I'm so excited. Um, Like I said back then. Um, at the Poetry Gym, like I said last week, and pretty much which is going to become a normal thing, if you feel led at any point in time to give and donate to this ministry so we can do things at a higher level, please do not hesitate to donate to www.undassassociated.com slash donate. Um, if you want to help this ministry take it to the next level, help us reach more people, um, you know, make a bigger better poetry jam do bigger and better things with better equipment expanding our team so on all of these goals that we have for this year that we even delineate more later but um you know a lot of that stuff the reality is that it costs money and you know if, if you feel led if you feel led i don't ever want you guys to come on this podcast and feel like you know it's a hassle or like oh we gotta sit through this but if you feel led you know what i'm saying and and you know God has put a number on your heart, whatever number it is, to give to this ministry. We 110% welcome that. So um, I love you guys at the end of the day. I'm going to be here at the end of the day. I'm going to be serving at the end of the day because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So um, the Poetry Jam, it was an amazing night. I'm very excited for what comes next for Unassociated. So let's get to this episode. Let's get to the preaching part. Let's get to the learning part. This episode is inspired by a conversation I had with my cousin. Shout out Kalechi Ohidi. I love you. Sorry. Like, still with this whole Invisalign, it's hard for me to talk. Ohidi. There you go. Um, I love you. Kalechi came out to the Poetry Jam. We had a great conversation. I was dropping her back to the airport. Um, and she said something, which really took me back at first when she said it. But when we had our conversation, it was exactly she was on point. Um, so I'm, I'm going to talk about you know, this, this message that was inspired from the conversation I had with my cousin. Um, she said something that took me aback. And what she said was thinking that you're going to save the world is a prideful thing. And I hope, I don't know if that was exactly what it said, but that's the point that she made thinking that you're going to save the world is a prideful thing. Today, I want to talk about how to save the world. <laughs> um, she said that and I was taken aback because I feel like I'm definitely been that person and many of us have been that person where we want to save the world. We want to get the world, make our contribution to getting the world to a place where we are now a utopia. It is a perfect world. Everything is good. There is no more evil. There's only just peace. And my cousin said that that's a private thing. Now, let's get a couple things straight. I'm going to talk about a lot of things this episode, um, but I want to put some disclaimers um, down first and foremost, pretty much on behalf of both me and my cousin's conversation. The point of what we were saying had was not that fighting oppression is prideful. We are not saying that advocating for change is bad. We're not saying that community organization towards a goal is bad. That is, that is so far from what 
is going to be made here today. And I'm also going to say this is that what I'm going to say from this point on is what I'm saying um, that was inspired by the conversation, but I'm not speaking on behalf of anybody else. All right. So let's get to it. I believe that she was absolutely right. And I'll talk about why I believe that she was absolutely right. At first, I was taken aback. But then when we had a conversation, I believe that she was absolutely right. Right. Because then we started to talk about the realities that await the future of the current world that we live in and the role that believers are supposed to play in it or can play in it. Um, And that's where I want to start this episode from. Saving the world. Is that something that we're supposed to be aiming to do as believers? What is what what awaits the future of this world? And what is the role that we as Christians, we as believers ought to play in it? Well, let's start for first start with answering the question, what is the future of this world? We're going to go to Second Peter, chapter three, verse three to seven. And then I'm also going to go to a place in Revelations right after that. So starting at Second Peter, chapter three, verse three to 11. Whew. Second Peter chapter three, verse three to seven. Let me slow down. <laughs> Above all, this is Peter speaking. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. It's important to note that when he's talking about last days, he's talking about the last days as we're heading closer to the day of the Lord. This is supposed to be the day of judgment. This is referred to as the day of judgment, the day where God takes care of all of the ungodly and destroys them and so on so verse four they will say where is the coming he promised where is this day of the lord that that you know the prophets were all talking about that even jesus was talking about ever since our ancestors died everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation but they deliberately forget that long ago by god's word the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water, by these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. What's happening here? Peter is addressing these these scoffers, he's saying in the last day, there's going to be these scoffers that say the day of the Lord is never going to come. God is never going to come and deal with the ungodly and have his wrath reign and judge, you know, all the ungodly and so on. The destruction of the earth. None of that stuff is ever going to come. We've been waiting for that stuff to come forever. Nothing has changed. And what Peter, the, Peter, the point that Peter is making is that, well, there were people like you in the days of Noah that would believe the same thing and best believe that the water definitely destroyed the earth. And just like then, this current earth that we live in, this way, this order, this age will be destroyed. It is reserved by fire because the day is coming, the day of judgment and the destruction of the ungodly. The Bible teaches that the earth is reserved for fire. This current world that we live in, this age that we live in is reserved for fire, insinuating that the earth will be destroyed by fire as the earth was once destroyed by water during the flood in Noah's day. That's what's being said here. And the ungodly will witness destruction. Let's go to Revelation chapter 21. So in verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, 
coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the older order of things has passed away. May God bless the hearing and the reading and understanding of his word. In Jesus' name, amen. So what's being said here in Revelations? What's being said here in Revelations? And this is, you know, prophecy, at least this is something to come, right? This hasn't happened yet. Um, and what it's saying is that at some point, the old earth passes away and there's a new earth that comes. This this earth is then in, in um, inhabited by, I'm sorry, this earth is then, then receives a city called New Jerusalem, right? And in this city is where God dwells and this is where there will be no more pain, no crying, no none of that stuff. But what's important to note and really the point of this episode is that we're talking about how the old earth, the old heaven has passed away. Now, some people might take this literally as in the physical earth be gone and then there's a new physical earth. Other people might take it figuratively where it says like, you know, the old order of things like it says in verse four is passed away. Right. But what's I think what can be agreed upon is very clear is that there's a transition here. The old way of things is gone. The world as we know it is gone in Revelation chapter 21. There's a transition there's a purification and there and there's a new one that will that will replace it a new order or a new world one that is overseen by God himself as it says in verse 3 of revelation 21 so what is the future of this earth fire what is the future of the order of things that we see today destruction that is what the word of God says. So now I want to list some unsettling points that every Christian, that I believe every Christian should understand. The first one is this. Hell is real. There are people in it and more and more people will be in it. Um, the second one is there will never be a time in this current era, this current world where everyone will convert to Christianity. That will not happen. And the third one, I think is very important and really is the basis of this entire show, is you cannot save the world. I know that sounds very pessimistic. I know that sounds like a bummer. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here. But I really want every Christian to understand that you cannot save the world. You cannot bring, and by, by, by saving, I'm talking about you cannot bring a utopia to this world. You cannot bring perfection to this world. You can't do it. You can impact the world, right? Which is the reason why, you know what I'm saying, a lot of us will seek to fight oppression and advocate for change and, you know, organize communities because the reality is that those things can make our lives, you know, easier in some ways, it can make our lives better. It can, you know, suppress the hatred that people exhibit and so on. These are good things. But when we're talking about saving the entire world, it goes beyond, beyond the matter of 
what we think it is. When we talk about saving the entire world, it's, it's not just about changing policies and governments and parties. It runs past the matter of whether the best economic system is socialism or capitalism. It runs past the matter of whether you're Democrat or Republican. In order to save the world, you have to eradicate sin. In order to save the world, sin must be conquered. The conquering of sin must happen. And the reality is the only sin that you can conquer is your own sin through the power of the Holy Spirit that is inside of you. And this is why you cannot save the world. You cannot conquer anybody else's sin. And ultimately, going back to the point that was made that saving the world, thinking that you can save the world is a prideful thing. I would say that if you think that you can save the world after God has already told us that the future of this world is fire and destruction of the ungodly. To think that you can then somehow change that, I think, comes from you possibly thinking much too highly of yourself. Because the reality is this. I don't care what social or political or economical system that you think that you want to embed into the world. Sure, it could possibly make a lot of people's lives much better than it is now. And I would even support you in that. But don't get it twisted. A perfect world cannot exist as long as sin exists in that world. Choose your government system. Choose your party alignment. Choose your economic system. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter which one you choose. I definitely, personally, I have my own personal beliefs on what I think would, you know, is best optimized for our nation and all of that. I, I have my personal beliefs. What I'm saying is that as long as greed exists in the heart of man, exploitation will exist. As long as pride exists in the hearts of man, oppression will exist. As long as comparison, as long as we compare ourselves to each other, jealousy will exist. And you can get where I'm going at by now. As long as sin exists, suffering and torture and evil, all of these things that we hate of this world, all of the things that make the world imperfect will exist. It will find a way. True salvation for this world looks like the eradication of sin. And this is why Jesus died for you. One day, sin will be completely eradicated on this earth. And that is in New Jerusalem. That is not in the United States of America. That is not in the United Nations. That's not here. That's in New Jerusalem. Because Jesus died for our sins and makes us a new creation. And then we die in this flesh and we are made completely more like Jesus in New Jerusalem. After it's all said and done. That's the utopia. This is not utopia and it never will be. And for us to act like we can achieve some type of utopia in this earth. I think it's childish personally. This is my, this is my opinion. I, I personally think that it's childish. A lot of people, what they do, they read the Bible and they immediately throw it away because they say that the Bible doesn't say enough about social justice. And that's what we need right now. And I just want to slow down and say that in no way, shape or form am I against social justice. Do I think that it it doesn't matter? And I hope that I've made that quite clear thus far, but I'll, I'll continue to make it clear as I go along. 
But a lot of people, they throw away the Bible. They say, you know what? The Bible doesn't say enough about social justice. And I'll be honest with you, you wouldn't be the first one to have that critique. There are many people that would even critique Jesus in those days that Jesus did not say enough about social justice. Because the reality is that the Jewish people, as Jesus was Jewish, he was, it was all around Jewish people. The Jewish people were under the oppression of the Roman Empire. And how many verses do you have about Jesus saying that we need to uprise and, and crush the oppression of the Roman Empire in our Jewish communities? You didn't hear that. Jesus didn't say much about social justice as we know it. But I would argue that Jesus went beyond social justice. Yes, beyond social justice and spoke on a matter concerning the transformation of the heart. And not just spoke on the matter of transformation of the heart, but was the catalyst and is the catalyst. For the transformation of every man's heart. Maybe Jesus didn't advocate for change in oppressive Roman policies like many people wanted him to do. But he did advocate for undiscriminating love that we should all have for each other. And I'm one of those that believes that when we truly embrace this, there is simply no room for oppressive behavior. Jesus is about transforming hearts to this day. We don't save the world with our governments and our policies. Jesus saves those who accept him by transforming them into new creations, like it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. We believe in Jesus. We receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit influences us to bear the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the things that we produce because of the Holy Spirit in us, who we receive when we believe in Jesus. This is the transformation of the human heart. This is what it looks like to know Jesus. And these are the things that every human needs. This is a utopia. The utopia ultimately is a world full of humans that have a transformed heart. And when we realize that that transformed heart comes from knowing Jesus, then we can also realize the best impact and the best contribution any of us believers can have on this earth is telling somebody about Jesus. So let me say this again. It was like the fourth time I said it this episode. I'm not saying that it's not important to fight oppression. I'm not saying that it's not important to um, um, advocate for social change. I would very much support you in those endeavors. What I'm trying to tell you is that even if you are successful in such things, as long as sin is there, there will always be the seed of oppression there will always be a seed of racism you can make as many laws to say racism is illegal but that will not eradicate racism you understand what i'm saying it's very important to 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 have that battle this physical battle against such um you know oppressive systems and so on but the one that will destroy it for good is transformation of the heart But not everyone will believe for their own reasons, um, which is why we know that the day of the Lord will come and he will deal with the ungodly. So we won't save the world, but the reality is that we can be used to make an impact 
on the people that God wants to use us to make an impact on. Now, I want, I want to say something because this is something that God kind of uh, has kind of put in my head. I believe that the most effective impact is the one that is unseen, then seen. I believe that the most effective impact is the one that is unseen, then unseen. What do I mean by that? I mean that the impact that is going to last is the one that starts with the transformation of the heart. And transformation of the heart comes by knowing Jesus Christ. When you know Jesus Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit, and you are influenced of the Holy Spirit to walk in the path of righteousness, then guess what? You are going to walk in the path of righteousness. But it's first unseen. The transformation is first unseen. And then it's seen. John chapter 15 verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can see that it starts with the relationship and abiding with Jesus. We don't see Jesus abiding in us. We don't see the transformation at first. But when we start to bear fruits is when it's seen. And I started to think, man, so many of us were looking for the impact that is seen without ever taking into account that there must be an unseen transformation of the hearts of man before we see the, the seen results of that, that last. I started thinking about, you know, because right now, you know, unassociated being a nonprofit, you know, a lot of nonprofits, they have to document the, the impact that they make, right? It's, it's always interesting how, and we talked about this in seminary school as well, like how do you document the impact of your, uh, your audience when the transformation is first seen, right? I'm sorry, it's first unseen, and then it's seen, you know? But I'll say this, because, you know, like, I'll, I'll, let, me, let me say it here for a second, because, you know, a lot of people will say, like, oh, fill out, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, um, ministries and stuff like that like do you do this uh thing where how they keep track of their impact is by having people fill out cards of like did you get saved today type of thing but it's just like man like it's deeper than filling out a card it's deeper than getting a whole bunch of people to say that i'm a christian now the impact that i think that each of us should be gunning to make in this world is truly an unseen transformation of the heart. But first, it's unseen. And I actually wrote something. <laughs> and this is ultimately the vision that I believe I want to have with Unassociated. And I wrote this just to myself. I said, the true impact of Unassociated is first unseen. We hope to be used by God to transform the hearts of young people around the world. The transformation is internal, so it's unseen. 
However, the product of that transformation will be seen by the world. The product of the unseen transformation will be a generation of young people who knowledgeably, confidently, joyfully, contentedly walk in alignment with God. It will be evident in the way they walk, talk, evangelize, help each other, and love each other. Um, I believe that's impact. I believe that that's the vision. I think that we should all have those vision, that vision as individuals to first have our impact on people's lives be unseen and then seen. It's not just about putting up the laws and the policies and all of that stuff. It's very important. But it's about the unseen transformation, ladies and gentlemen. And then it's seen, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> we might not be able to save the world, but we can impact the world. We might not be able to save the world, but we can change somebody's life. We can tell them about Jesus and we can show them the love of Jesus. And I hope that, um, I hope that, I hope that that is something that you really take seriously in your life. So, yeah, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this episode. Thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy and your love. Thank you so much, Father, for this word, oh God. And I just pray that you help us to walk with the intention of transforming people's hearts. Or at least allowing your power to move through us to transform people's hearts, Father. That is where the true, excuse me, impact lies, Father. First unseen. And I pray, Father, that everyone listening to this, Father God, and, and people who listen to it later or whatever, even people who hear this message by second hand, that they truly be most concerned with helping people to know you and the salvation of others because it's the most important, Father. I pray that you continue to mold us to be more like Christ, to transform us, Father, we thank you for making us a new creation. And for all those, Father God, who might even be listening to this, to this and they haven't made that decision to come to you, Father, I pray, Lord, that right now you quicken their spirits and that they say that, Father, I am a sinner and I humbly repent from my sins. I accept that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. I believe that you raised him from the dead I surrender my life to you, O oh God. You are my everything, Father. Let your will be done in my life. In Jesus' name. Father, be with us, O oh God, and help us to draw closer to you. As we draw closer to you, draw closer to us, Father. And let's change the world. One person knowing you at a time. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo! Love you guys. That one, that one. That one was needed. Love you guys. Um, see you guys next week.